Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right, welcome to episode number 94 of Grow Bud Yourself. We got a great show in store for you guys today. Our interview is with former NFL player Eugene Monroe, uh, talking about his cannabis advocacy and uh, how cannabis helps uh, people with sports injuries and more. Uh, We've got a grow tip on 10 tips to beat the heat, um, as well as answers to grow Q&A. All brought to you by Rocket Seeds, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Excelsior Extracts. Stick around. Episode 94, coming at you. Hey, guys. I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R. E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back. And as always, thanks to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Check them out on your socials. DJ Jacques does an awesome Twitch every Monday. uh, Live reggae music that he plays as a dj on twitch so you can jam out to it um check that out and support him there uh yeah episode 94 94 i do have i mean the year 1994 was a pivotal one for me uh as a young uh, 22 year old uh, cannabis enthusiast and uh hip-hop listener uh quite a year i mean as far as records that came out that year you've got nas illmatic uh classic uh you've got biggie uh, Ready to Die, another incredible one. Uh, Jayru the Damager, Sunrises in the East, slept on, but really good. Uh, Gangstars, Hard to Earn. Really some just outcast Southern playlistic Cadillac music is from that time. Uh, organized Confusion. So many amazing records that just happened to come out in that one year. Um, and me as, you know, like a smoke out uh, skateboard graffiti head uh, I just, I don't know, I felt like it was pretty incredible. Common Sense's Resurrection is from that year. Uh, Scarface's The Diary. I mean, Pete Rock and CL Smooth, the main ingredient. The, the list goes on and on. What a year uh, for hip-hop. Gravedigger's record, Six Feet Deep. Um, just, I don't know. Not a great year outside of hip-hop, I guess, because that's, <laughs> that's the year uh, Kurt Cobain died, I guess. And, um, you know. That's a bummer. I think, did, yeah. did Jerry die in 94? I think that was 95. Okay. But it might have been 94. Yeah, so tough Garcia. year for rock. Jerry Garcia um, is 95, year. you're right. Yeah. Right, 95. August August of 95. UGK, super tight. I mean, it goes on and on. It's pretty incredible. Just Google 1994 uh, hip-hop. The Beat Nuts record came out. I mean, it just goes on and on. Method Man's to Cal. 
it's uh it's an incredible year and uh so to me that's what that number represents 94 a great year for hip-hop I, I particularly uh, liked how I, I kept trying to bring it down and I, you just wouldn't allow it to happen. The unsinkable Danny Danko over here. Well, hey, when you're 22, you know, that's like, you know, a pivotal time in your life and you're smoking, you're chilling, you're growing, you're um, kind of, you know, learning how to live on your own and, and done with college and figuring it out. So for me, it was it was important. You know, it was vital soundtrack to my life at that time. Um, as well as rock music and reggae and all kinds of other stuff too. But uh, man, you know, if, if, if hip hop was like that now and records like that were coming out, you know, multiple dozens a year, you know, in the same year that are classics, I mean, that's just, you know, to me, that's kind of the pinnacle uh, of, of, of the, the genre, you know, I mean, just like the perfect time new york's still on top i had to look this up but i didn't know it offhand but apparently both uh dookie green day's dookie and weezer's first album the blue album both came out in 1994 interesting year mm. Mm. yeah well yeah. park yeah, life so. by blur it's a quality album <laughs> yeah so 94 that's the year but uh it's episode 94 and mm -hmm. uh usually we talk about some news here in the uh the intro block, uh, and I'm wondering if you have any. Oh, uh, well, we could just recent... keep rambling about stuff that happened in 1994. 94. I graduated college in '94. Yeah. You know, kind of started started my move from Boston to New York. Uh huh. Uh, you know, learned a lot about growing from from you know a personal level to a more commercial sized level at the, around that time as well. So important times. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. And this is episode 94. We have, um, honestly, we've got some national news and we've got some kind of state level news, but I honestly don't know where to start. So uh, what, what would you like to begin with here? Let's start with state and, and move our way up to national. Okay. Let's do it. Let's start with state. So the state in question for this episode of Grow Bud Yourself is the great and very small state of Delaware. And Delaware has had an interesting week. Let's start with the positive. Uh, the Delaware Senate has approved a uh, legalization bill that was approved by the House. So it's now going to the governor's desk. And that's good news, theoretically, because they have a, a, a Democratic governor and they have this legalization bill that the House and Senate has approved. But Delaware Governor John Carney is one of the very few Democratic governors who completely opposes cannabis legalization also interesting that Delaware is sort of taking the Vermont uh, approach to legalization here, where they have this bill, which is just a legalization bill. It's not a commercialization bill. So if the bill in question uh, is not vetoed by the governor, by Governor Carney, it would simply uh, legalize up to an ounce of cannabis for adults 21 and older. And and people would also be able to share cannabis as long as they're not gifting it or getting paid for it. But it's simply a legalization bill. And then behind that, just entering the House for debate is a commercialization bill. And that um, that faces a more of a difficult path, I think, to legalization in Delaware. But they're doing the Vermont thing. Vermont, people might remember... They legalized uh, cannabis in 2018 and then uh, commercialized it more recently. So maybe Delaware goes that route. But 
this legalization bill, it passed the House, it passed the Senate, and it now goes to the desk of Governor Carney. What will he do, a Democrat who still opposes cannabis legalization? Interesting stuff. The other reason that we need to talk about Delaware, and this is not very good news, but it was a big story and we should talk about it here. Um, so female lacrosse players from the historically black Delaware State University were in Georgia where they were playing a lacrosse tournament, right? This just happened a couple of uh, days ago. It actually happened on 420, oddly enough. It happened April 20th. So their bus driver was apparently driving in the left lane, which bothered the, uh, the Georgia State Highway people. They pulled this bus over. Once again, it is predominantly African-American. They hop on the bus and they inform them. And, and once again, the only thing that the bus did wrong was that the, the, it was a driving violation. Apparently, the driver was in the left lane when he shouldn't have been. But they hop on the bus and tell the college students that they're going to search all of their private belongings, all their luggage on the bus looking for pot or any drugs. And if they find the drugs, they're going to haul them to jail. And uh, one of the players was recording this. So let's let's play a little sound. This is the uh, the Georgia State Troopers jumping on the, the lacrosse team's bus here. So there you go. Uh, we're in the state of Georgia where marijuana is illegal. Well, guess what? They're from Delaware. Marijuana is illegal there too so far. That might change uh, shortly. But but yeah, cra crazy stuff. The, the, uh, the governor and some other lawmakers from Delaware came to uh, the Delaware State University uh, students' defense, and uh, they're making an issue of this possibly, I don't know what recourse they have but but they have gone public saying that it was wrong for the police to do this in georgia but you know just cr crazy stuff clearly racially uh, motivated yeah yeah clearly and also it's just kind of a weird fishing expedition like who brings pot on a like a, a sports trip <laughs> on their lacrosse <laughs> yeah. like tournament trip They're just go in and play in a tournament and come home i mean i don't know I guess, you know, the more hardcore, most hardcore, you know, puffers would, I would, you know what I mean? But like, but why would know, the I, cops think that? Like, right. It yeah. just seems odd. I think they just need an excuse to harass some people and, and they want to assert their authority over out of staters and especially out of state, out of staters of color. Uh, so, you know, the beat goes on. It's the same same world in some places and and that old old timey mentality still exists i hope it's not being passed down generation to generation because uh 
we need we need to we need to evolve out of that type of behavior that's just not acceptable from law enforcement i wish they would protect us i mean and they do you know sometimes once in a while or whatever but like i don't know i just i i feel like this the the deal that we made was we will pay you to protect us and somehow along the way that's become we'll pay you to harass us you know not all of you and not always but like i i just i don't get that like you know, the whole idea that it's to serve and protect. And, you know, sometimes you see it on the side of the police car in in qu- quotes. And I'm wondering if that's not like sarcasm, you know, <laughs> where they're like, it's air quotes, like to serve and protect. Uh-huh, wink, wink. Because, I mean, dude, like, you're not protecting anybody pulling over a bus full of, of, of lacrosse players and searching the, the bus for weed it's not protecting anybody there is cars driving by you with real violent criminal activity and and they're getting away with it because you're wasting your time on this stupid bs and i i'm just i don't know man i know there's i know there's a few good cops out there and i just wish that they would not let this stuff go on and that we would kind of and that we can move move past this and like get back to our contract which is protect us and you know that's the way it should be well, i just like how he opens things by by saying that if you know they have anything their chaperones are going to be you know ashamed of them what about you we should be ashamed of your actions getting on this bus without probable cause and harassing these like students it just it makes no sense this is their probably first trip in their lives to georgia seeing how things are done down there and uh, you bring the canines out you search their belongings it's they had canines they had canines yeah they, oh, they were nothing was found it. nothing not a, nothing. oh yeah should add that nothing, nothing was, found. was found not a single incredible thing. they were just allowed. pure harassment no motive no no I mean, you have to have a motive to, you know, there has to be some type of probable cause. I mean, that's in the rules. You know the rules. That's the <laughs> rules. I mean, we all agreed to play by the rules. You know, I, I just think it's crazy. And, uh, you know, he says, tell me now if you have it or otherwise we can't help you. It's like, they're going to help you. No. It's going to help you. them. It's going to make and the this, job easier. And this double speak that they have. Yeah. This speak, this double speak where... You know, they make you feel like you're betraying them somehow by not revealing your contraband that you've hidden and that you're you're a liar and, and you weren't honest with me and blah, blah, you know, and it's all just a pretext for harassment. And it's crazy. I, I mean, I've been through it. You know, we've all been through it. But like, God, I mean, I just feel bad for people continuously having to go through this. And I hope that these officers actually realize that what they're doing is bullshit. And it's, it's, you know, those in particular, okay, I'm not painting everyone with the same brush. But what I'm saying is, you know, just let's, let's move past this. And like, potheads are not your problem. They (laughs) really are not. All we want, we want you to protect us from people who want to do harm to us. And they're out there. But they're most of them are not smoking pot. If they are, if they happen to be smoking pot, you know, that's a coincidence a coincidence yeah <laughs> yeah right it's you know the pot is not make a person criminal uh but but there are criminals who smoke pot but violent criminals are what we're talking about and like i don't know people who commit crime like harmful crimes against other people you know no victim no crime like it's pretty simple 
We should also but, just take this opportunity to remind everybody this is our public service moment, whatever you want to call it. Don't talk to the police. Don't do it. Get yeah, a lawyer. Check, do yeah, not. Check out, Pot, check out Pot Brothers at Law on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Those guys will set you straight. Uh, don't talk you know, to the cops. Don't, they're that's not, they're not never, a, a slant at the police or anything. That's just for your own well-being, your own preservation. Job, just, yeah. Let, yeah, just get a lawyer. Don't don't say anything because they're not there to help you. They're there no. to, to put you in jail. Yep. Anyway. Don't say anything to the cops ever. Ever. And, uh, and get a lawyer. Just say the word lawyer over and over and over again, you know. I think it sounds so obvious, but I think when people get busted, they, they – you know, obviously you're in shock, you're this, you're that, you think maybe you could talk your way out of it. it maybe you can, but it's not worth it. Just get a lawyer. Don't say anything. Mm, yeah. You're right. The, ch- the chances of talking your way out of it are, are, are very minute. They've got a bust uh, and they're looking for more. And mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, just keep your mouth shut. Keep your it's mouth pretty shut. simple. And and no any, anyone who's in, you know, in that type of custody or, or you know, arrested or whatever, it's like, you want to get out. I get it. But like, you're much better off in the long run by saying absolutely nothing. Have a lawyer present for any conversation with anyone uh, in law enforcement. It's I mean, a sad truth, but it's the truth. Not to keep harping on it, but just think about it. They, they've got, you know, the detectives, they're working together. They're a team. They have the whole police department. They have the DA's office. There's a team of people working to to put you away, you should at least have one representative who understands the system, understands what's happening, working for you. It just makes sense. But I'm going to stop harping on this because it has nothing to do with this story. All of the young women who were on that bus, uh, none of them had any contraband. They were allowed to leave, but it was still a bad look for Georgia. And hopefully it will convince Governor Carney to realize that maybe maybe cannabis should be legalized. Maybe I won't veto this legalization bill and uh, use a little common sense. So hopefully that some good comes out of this. Yeah, fat chance, but I hope, <laughs> I hope so too. We'll see. Okay, we went a little off the rails, so we don't have a ton of time left, but I did just want to touch on this. There, this is the national story. There is a new poll out. Who who did this poll? It is YouGov did this poll, and uh, it's not anything super new. We all know this. The majority of us, the majority of uh, Americans, support legalizing cannabis. Most support it uh, nationally. Forty five percent, twenty one percent say that it should be left up to the states. Which interestingly, that's the exact same numbers for same sex marriage. So marijuana and same-sex marriage, 45% of Americans think legalize it nationally, 21% say leave it up to the states, and 20% say ban it nationally. The reason this poll was interesting, to me at least, is that uh, 7 of 10 voters, so 70% of the voters who voted for President Biden support legalizing cannabis nationally. And now Biden, of course, it's well known, we've talked about it on this show, it's all over, he does not support legalizing cannabis nationally, but 70% of the people that voted for him want cannabis legalized nationally. They want uh, prohibition over, don't leave it up to the states, legalize it nationally. So the ball is sort of uh, in your court, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, that's a, a huge uh, majority of voters that support you also support this issue that you're against. Yeah. Well, let's hope he's playing uh, 
five-dimensional chess here, and we're in for an October surprise, you know, uh, where cannabis is legalized nationwide prior to the election, and uh, and then uh, people that support cannabis uh, are uh, winning in a landslide throughout uh, the country and worldwide. That's uh, that's what I'm hoping for. I, a change of heart, a change of mind, um, and you know, you have the, the opportunities there uh, to snatch a whole bunch of votes. Uh, young people, older people, independents, uh, cool Republicans that still toke, uh, and everybody else. I mean, I think the libertarians. You know what I'm saying? Some of the anarchists might get into this a little bit. You know, some of the more, uh, I don't know, maybe even the Mormons might uh, might say, hey, if it's legal, like, we can smoke it, too. We can't drink. We can't have uh, soda, but we can smoke pot. <laughs> well, that seems like a bit of a long shot, but... Maybe that's a stretch, but hey, look, it's a co- well, let's build a coalition. Yeah. We need... <laughs> let's build a coalition. It's not a partisan issue. Everybody well, smokes... Everybody smokes. I mean, see, I, look, I feel like we eat a lot of shit for for talking about this, like it's a partisan issue or supporting certain things. But when you actually look at the numbers, at least according to this poll, only twenty one percent of voters who voted for Trump support legalizing nationally. Again, that's compared to seventy percent who voted for Biden. And when you break it up to uh, Democrats and Republicans, sixty two percent of Democrats want to legalize nationally while only 23% of Republicans want to legalize nationally. Right. So it's not a partisan, I mean, it is a partisan issue, meaning that, you know, that uh, Democrats are, are more so in support of it. But if we can get, you know, peel off a few of those uh, people, you know, I mean, I'm a one issue voter, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they, some of them probably are too. And if uh, we can peel them off, let's peel them, you know? Agreed. Let's get this thing over the uh, the finish line and get the prisoners that are locked up free, uh, and then we'll work on uh, opening up all the farmers markets and 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 social use consumption lounges and and making sure that uh, the whole world is in, is happier and in a better place with legal cannabis, uh, a multi multi billion dollar industry that will uh, change the world. <laughs> Mark my words. I should just say this for the for the Republicans, according to this poll, uh, yeah, only 23% wanted to uh, legalize nationally. But um, when it comes to outright banning or leaving it to the states, um, more in favor of leaving it to the states. So 36% want to leave it to the states and only 30% want to ban it nationally and continue this prohibition path that we've been on for about 100 years now. So. Hmm. So that's you're saying there's hope. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's, there's a chance. So that's a little look at what's happening in uh, the world of weed. But we have a really exciting interview coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're speaking with Eugene Monroe, uh, who, if people don't know, he was an NFL lineman and also the first player to advocate for cannabis while he was still active in the NFL. Um, so he took that risk of uh, advocating for cannabis, not after he retired, which he is now and, and is also still an advocate, but during his career, which is one of the things I've always said is we need someone to speak out while they're still playing, you know, uh, and he did that. And uh, shortly before he retired, <laughs> and still counts. Uh, yes, but he is going to talk about uh, cannabis uh, for uh, 
you know, to help with the opioid epidemic, which is rampant in the NFL, cannabis for concussions, CTE, uh, which is also in all sports uh, a big deal uh, with damage to the brain that can be uh, mitigated by CBD and cannabinoids and much more. Uh, so we will be back without further ado uh, with our interview with Eugene Monroe. So please stick around and continue to grow bud yourself. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. All right, welcome back. And we have a very special guest for you guys today. Uh, he is the first NFL player to advocate for cannabis while still uh, a player in the NFL. Uh, offensive lineman, Eugene Monroe. Welcome to the show, Eugene. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, thanks for having me. And the name of your show is, is just awesome. I've been talking about like pushing home grow all over. So uh, it's just fitting. I literally just had a conversation about it um, as uh, we gear things up for the campaign to uh, get people voting in Maryland. Yeah, for sure. We talk about that a little bit on the show. Um, but you're uh, you're originally from New Jersey, right? And uh, yeah. So and you played college football in Virginia, um, and you were quite a star in Virginia, and were drafted into the NFL as the eighth pick uh, in the 2009 draft. And then you ended up uh, as an offensive lineman, obviously, with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens. Can you talk a little bit about your experiences in the NFL and uh, and just basically growing up and uh, a little bit of background on on you as as a person? Yeah. So. You know, I I grew up not really being into sports at all, but I was the biggest kid in the city. So, you know, pretty much I, I couldn't go anywhere without being coerced into some sport, whether it was basketball or football. Um, I had no skills in either, uh, particularly basketball, even till this day. Um, I look just completely unathletic on the court. It's, it's uh, really bad. But... Uh, I was, you know, much bigger, stronger than most kids. And when I got to fifth grade, there was, or sixth grade, rather, there was no longer a weight limit on, you know, uh, on the football teams where they would separate players based on weight and age. Well, it was sort of free for all in middle school. So I got a chance to step on the field and, um, you know, being a lineman, uh, you know, my just natural sort of size and ability just kicked in right away. Um, and instantly, you know, I was different than everyone else out on the field. Um, 
And, and that really continued through high school. But the change in high school that, that really made the difference was like understanding truly what, you know, taking the sport serious could do for my life and in my future, you know, using ball to, you know, pay for school. Uh, and so that became the focus and ended up becoming also the number one player in all of the country in high school uh, and chose to go to UVA, which was the number one public university at the time. And uh, really that first season at UVA started my pathway to, you know, my current life, I'd say, you know, deep in cannabis. And that really started from pain management. After the first season during spring ball, I got hurt during the first padded practice and blew my knee out. And that was my introduction to opioid drugs. Um, when you have surgery, you get anti-inflammatories, you get opioids, and then you get medicine to, to deal with the symptoms from those. So um, that really started the very beginning of like an extremely long, you know, period of all of college, really, and then all of my NFL career of taking anti-inflammatories and opioids almost every day. Um, and this is for years and years and years. Uh, during my time in the NFL, I started to take health way more seriously. Um, everything I put in my body, on my body, um, everything about, you know, just maximizing my athletic ability uh, separately from my general health, because typically as athletes, the focus is just on your performance. But a lot of times your your health picture gets left in the way. For example, as a lineman, you know, many linemen, you know, are, are huge guys carrying a ton of excess weight. What people don't think about is the amount of high blood pressure, uh, you know, that linemen are walking around with and things of that nature. So I started to shift that focus on, you know, changing my health. And at the same time, I knew that the pills I was popping every single day just to get through workouts, right, taking a Vicodin just to make it through practice. And after that, I needed, you know, Celebrex or Indocin, which are powerful anti-inflammatories, uh, just to get through the days. I knew there was a better way. And I had heard of people using cannabis to solve all these problems but I grew up in Plainfield, New Jersey, uh, in a place where everybody around me was arrested for cannabis. And I was the only kid in the hood that saw that and and really just decided to stay away from it, to, to never smoke. You know, I was the kid in the locker room telling my teammates they were stupid, you know, when they were smoking weed. And now I smoke more weed than all of them. Um, you know, they in, in many rights, right, they were putting their lives at jeopardy, right, their careers and futures because of it. But at the same time, what they knew and I didn't know was the benefits it was providing them, the stress it was relieving them of, the pain it was relieving them of, and all these other things. Uh, and then one, one critical thing I remember during that time was taking care of my father when he was sick. I was really young. Uh, about nine, 10 years old. And my father was going through his cancer treatment. And uh, I remember, you know, he would be hours in the bathroom and, you know, he'd yell over to me to bring his easy wider in, in his cup, right? So I was bringing him, you know, he was rolling up in the bathroom, you know, dealing with his pain. And I thought about that and, 
organized a trip to go meet the people at the realm of caring in Colorado. And when I got there, I was greeted by a room of, of mothers and their children who had been living with debilitating health conditions and had come there because cannabis essentially saved their kids' life. It, it saved their lives. And, you know, I know that intimately as a father uh, with autism in the house, how difficult uh, things can be when you have a loved one that, you know, requires, you know, attention that is above and beyond the norm. So I was seeing one, a uh, very like practical medical application of these kids gaining normalcy in their lives uh, just by using CBD, not even whole plant cannabis at that time. And, and then, and then also like the sort of energy and relief uh, it allowed in the parents and all the caretakers of the children, which in turn, like allow those people to, you know, be better caretakers for the kids. So, you know, I came back from that trip, like really on fire, not caring anything about um, the repercussions of what I was doing. Uh, I had learned enough at that point to start talking about this openly, um, knowing that the NFL was lying to us uh, and believing that if someone of my stature, who's sort of never been in the negative limelight in the sport uh, started to talk about this, we could change the discussion, right? I've seen Ricky Williams, Kyle Turley, all the older guys we know, uh, they come out and, and done that work only after being penalized for consuming it. And so while they were right, their messages just weren't heard because of that association they had. So, you know, seeing that groundwork they laid, you know, I, I developed a campaign uh, to really put the cannabis conversation on a much bigger platform outside of sports. You know, we were in CNN, Forbes, you name it. We had well over a billion reach uh, any given month uh, just, you know, with the stories that were coming out during my journey. Um, and at the same time, I, I was also learning how to cultivate for myself um, and investing in cannabis businesses across the country as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that in a bit. But uh, you took a pretty huge risk as basically the first player to advocate for cannabis while still a player. Um, I mean, even the coach came out against you uh, at the time. And it, I, I mean, I think it probably played a role in, in, in ending your career because you ended up retiring um, early after eight seasons. I mean, what some people would consider early, but at the same time, um, you have your health to consider. Um, and we haven't really talked about uh, CTE and concussions. I mean, we talked about the opioid epidemic. And it's interesting because you mentioned how, uh, you know, you, were, you, were, you looked at the other players smoking uh, weed. Uh, you know, you looked down on them. But because you were getting these opiates from doctors, from team doctors that are basically going to give you whatever you want to get you back onto the field. Uh, but, you know, so the opioid thing is, 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 is major. Uh, but I think with football, um, the concussion situation is just as an offensive uh, lineman, you're basically involved in every play in like serious violent collisions with other large humans. And, uh, you know, that there's a lot of pain there involved, but there's also uh, brain injury. And, and have you learned that can, can CBD and, and cannabinoids protect the brain from, from CTE? The government certainly has a patent that says so. Uh, unfortunately, 
there's no true pathway for us to research this and understand it just yet in this climate in our country. Um, and as you mentioned, concussions, that's, you know, equally as, you know, heavy in terms of my, you know, journey and pathway and the decisions I've made. The last season I actually played on the field, um, you know, I had a concussion that put me, you know, pretty much off the field for a month. And after that, I, I, I haven't been the same since. That was December uh, or sorry, September of 2015. We flew to Denver. I had a concussion on the very first drive of that uh, game. And, you know, I've been having issues with my head even since then. Uh, and what are we, seven years removed from that just about? Uh, and, and still dealing with the effects of that. Um, and so, you know, one, the issue of concussions, repetitive, you know, brain trauma had become, you know, highlighted in the media and in the NFL circles after, you know, the concussion movie came out, which sort of sparked a, a massive conversation. Um, and then over time it died. Um but what I also knew was that, one, like, I shouldn't go back and play even if I'm physically ready because of the number of concussions I've had. Not just the concussions I experienced where I missed time off the field, but what people don't consider is the non-concussive repetitive hits that, as a lineman, I was having every single play. Um and when I get my brain scans, like there's evidence of that life um, and that damage. So, you know, seeing that there was there was something that could potentially curb those issues, uh, along with all the other factors, all the other drugs and protocols the NFL places on players that are unnatural. Like, why not push them? You know, why not push the needle? Uh, and, and create a better environment for us. Um, um, not just for me, right? I saw, you know, opportunity to, to help the players, one, that are still playing. I decided not to play. So, you know, the rules didn't affect me anymore. However, like, I know what those guys are going through and no one's willing to speak up for them. Uh, they're all deathly afraid of, you know, uh, being punished. And, of course they would be. Look at what happened to me, right? I start speaking about this thing, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, I'm not in the NFL anymore. Uh, and, and while I did have offers from uh, a few other teams afterwards, um, you know, I, I was – the way things happened in the building in Baltimore uh, were, were pretty crazy. And the moment that the media got wind of, you know, me speaking openly about cannabis – I was like this toxic thing uh, at one winning drive in Owings Mills that, you know, no one would talk to me. Uh, Ozzie Newsom, the, the general manager, would walk right by me, not make eye contact, not say a word. John Harbaugh, still the head coach, same fucking thing. He would walk right by me, not say anything. They totally excommunicated themselves, excommunicated themselves from me, rather. Um, and and it just became a weird deal, and the writing was on the wall at that point. But mm -hmm. to be honest, you know, I, I truly didn't care. On one hand, um, you know, I I didn't feel like at that point I needed to continue to play football for like, especially any financial reasons. Um, 
I was already, you know, changing, you know, everything about how I approach business. Uh, I was investing in cannabis and at that time made an investment in which is, you know, now one of the largest cannabis companies uh, in our country um, uh, amongst others. Um, so, you know, I was, I was on a different pathway and a pathway that I thought would, would honestly be more fruitful. It was great entertaining people playing sport, but, um, you know, I had a chance now to, to affect millions of people's lives, to affect the health of, of millions of people across the country. Um, and I was seeing this actively happen. I remember when we opened, uh, a dispensary in Silver Spring, Maryland, um, we had patients that would come with their pill bags and, and dump them, right? Like, I don't need this shit from my doctor anymore, these pharmaceuticals. I don't need to put this in my body. This cannabis is getting me healthy, by the way, not just, you know, curbing my symptoms, but actually, you know, putting my health in a, in a better situation. So, you know, seeing that time and time again and, and being able to to understand like one, how to make that happen for people. Um, you know, it was just super motivating. Um, and so like, while, you know, the NFL sort of pushed me out, like we continue to press, um, this story. We continue to knock on their doors with, you know, multiple doctors. We partnered with doctors for cannabis regulation, um, because I knew the NFL wouldn't just talk to me about this issue. But if I brought medical professionals who were, you know, not only studying this, but, you know, treating patients um, with, you know, uh, a track record of results within this, uh, at least the medical professionals on the NFL side, um, you know, would listen. But at first they wouldn't, right? You had doctors like the the Ravens team doctor here in Baltimore act like he didn't even know it was legal for medical use in the state where he's licensed. And, you know, uh, it, it was, it was just crazy. Um, but, but really fast forward, um, the NFL finally made some changes while not perfect. It's a different climate these days for players, uh, which is a plus. And I hear from them all the time, reaching out to me, asking me, you know, what's good to take, who, what, where, when, why, and how, right? All the things that we can't, like, technically, you know, give them research behind. But, you know, through all of our, you know, experiences together, right, really, like, that's where the education comes from, the community. So, um, you know, being a part of that is 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 fun, right? All the work to, to really get that climate there where they can use cannabis and not have the same sort of... Uh, you know, repercussions over their heads for doing it was great. Um, but there's still work to be done there. They're, they're still being tested and there's some, you know, degree of punishment there even still. So, um, you know, what we would like to see, I'm sure all the athletes would like to see just a complete abolishment of, you know, cannabis from the substances of abuse program. Um, so that that's a fight that still continues, right? When you have you know, it's it's completely hypocritical. Uh, there's coaches in that same building who I've smoked with at this point, right? Who, you know, are reaching me to invest in my companies in this. But when they go to the building, it's this taboo thing, right? It's it's completely chaotic. Um, 
And and really can't I can't wait for that environment to change um, where it's a normal conversation and instead of going to the team doc's office and, and getting you know Vicodin or or Percocet, you know it it might be you know truffle cake or, or something else nice that you know can solve those same issues. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about uh, your cannabis businesses and the things that you're doing uh, within uh, the cannabis world. Uh, particularly in New Jersey and other states, but uh, you know you've got Green Thumb Industries (GTI). Tell me a little. Just tell me a little bit about your involvement in uh, you know cannabis business and that effort. Yeah. So when I was playing for the Ravens, um, there was opportunity in Maryland to apply for medical cultivation, manufacturing, or dispensing licenses. This was also happening during the season. And when I looked at what it would take to actually get one of those licenses and looked at the time and the day that I actually had to do that work, it just didn't make sense. Um, But there was opportunity to invest in other people who were pushing to get one of the extremely limited and egregiously so uh, 15 licenses that the state was awarding. So, um, you know, I, I did my due diligence on companies I knew were applying. I had a beat on it politically because I was very active in the real estate sort of scene in, in Baltimore. So, um, you know, after going through a process during the season of leaving practice and, you know, focusing on, you know, cannabis instead of real estate, um, I made a decision to invest with the team uh, out of Chicago Um who had demonstrated an ability to, you know, the most important part in the process at that juncture, and I don't believe in it, but the way the state structured it, uh, you know, if you were able to secure one of those 15 licenses, I mean, that's the golden ticket. It's, it's, it's such a inequitable way to launch a market, but that's what we were handed in Maryland. So, um, you know, I made, you know, my best decision to, you know, find guys, one that I, I, I could, you know, I like, you know, working with and believed in their mission. And um, in some respects, it lined up. Um, and so, you know, we ended up winning. Uh, and then from there, really scaling the company um, across other states as, you know, problems arose for us in Maryland and the opportunity started to spring up elsewhere. Um, so we did that in Nevada, Pennsylvania, um, New Jersey, again, during their second round of licensing, they just awarded six and then another six and then another, you know, few, um, and also Ohio, Florida, um, just, you know, helping the company sort of spread out and, and ultimately, um, you know, the company went public, um, and, uh, you know, shortly after that, uh, well, not really shortly after that, developing the entire time and really my experience the whole way through that, working with the guys at Green Thumb, I was on, the only black guy ever, right, in any of these rooms, having any of these conversations, uh, very few black investors as well. Um, so, you know, it, it. I saw a need, one, you know, from, you know, that side of the business, for our people to, you know, have, you know, a much bigger seat at the table 
or a seat at the table, period. Um, because what I also noticed was like, there's no lack of knowledge. There's no lack of intelligence, work ethic, like all the same skill sets are there. The opportunity just, you know, isn't, isn't showing up. And, you know, they were systematically, you know, doing this in every state, um, like Maryland legalizing, knowing there's disparity in cannabis, uh, and not doing a study to, to prove it. And then no licenses getting awarded to minority applicants. How the fuck does that happen when Maryland is over uh, 33% black? Um, it just makes no sense. Um, but instead of complaining about it, I decided to start my own business and, and really make our mark one by investing in operators who were pushing to get up and running. Um, and then really using, my core competency and my team um, to to build and and grow and process and, and growing is like the funnest part of the game for me now. So really, like I run the business, but if I had my way, you could just like stick me in the grow and I'd, I'd be, you know, a happy guy. Um, and so, you know, we, we're just beginning to do this. The business is called Heart Community Capital. Um, however, in New Jersey, our our cultivation and manufacturing will be collective 60 New Jersey. So uh, we're applying in Millville, New Jersey, down south. Um, and and we're looking at building probably a uh, hundred thousand square foot of indoor uh, with an outdoor project as well. Um, so um, excited about getting that up and running, excited about, you know, further investment in other operators. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and now you're also getting into the podcasting game. Uh, tell me about Smoke and Heroes. Yeah. So I, I set up um, a studio and uh, my, my partner in New Jersey, but, but now in all my endeavors, uh, Leo Bridgewater Damn. and I will co-host our show, Smoke and Heroes. And, you know, Leo and I have been, become really good friends over the past few years uh, spend most every day uh, talking about things that we feel just those conversations alone, you know, are worthy of sort of the podcast sphere. So, um, you know, for us, at least initially, like, we're just having fun, right? We've got the resources to do this and, and, and right now the time. So Leo comes down and we try to cram in, um, you know, sessions with us. And then we, we've had a few guests roll through and we've built out what we want sort of a, you know, launch, you know, season for us to look like. Um, so yeah, like just super excited about getting that done. Um, yeah, it's, it's really just us, you know, having the real and raw conversations, um, mostly in cannabis, but, um, I don't believe they, they will, you know, only be there, but one overarching thing that, um, I do want to do with my show uh, since, you know, it's both audio and visual, you know, both my mission with the NFL, with the athletes, um, or whether it's like flying to Michigan and, and helping chime in there or Florida, like I've done, like breaking the stigma to get people to like accept cannabis um, as commonly as they accept like everything else Um I think it's important, right? So if, if people see it, if people, you know, see the use of it, um, 
and I, I think if we put that in front of people's faces on a consistent basis with uh, extremely intelligent people with unique and powerful stories, um, you know, we have a chance to, you know, sort of, you know, help people, you know, enter the cannabis space for whatever reason. Maybe you have a family member that has cancer, like my old teammate who lives down the road from me in Maryland called me recently. Um, his grandmother is uh, going through cancer treatment and she has no appetite. Um, and, you know, while they're struggling to find a solution, I'm like, bro, I got a refrigerator with at least 13 full tubes of RSO that are all organic. Like the flour was organic. They were, they were extracted from like everything about it. Like I'm totally confident in you giving your grandma this and just have her try it. Like, uh, you're trying all these crazy medicines, you know, that someone created in the lab. Like this came from a plant, like, like just, just give her this RSO. Even having that touch, right? Like I, there's so many people in the business who, who don't know a thing about cannabis, never grown it, never like tried to process it into anything else. Um, you know, I'm just like, I'd be happy if all I did was, you know, continue my own little personal grow where, where I can, you know, give coconut oil and pain relief cream and capsules and flour and, and rosin to all these people. Um, um, but you know, there's a business behind it too. And I'm, I'm, you know, looking forward to the New Jersey market where I'm from. And, you know, a lot of people, either that I grew up with or family members that like are aware of what's happening are super excited because, you know, if this thing was legal years and years ago, many of their lives would be very different. Um, and so one, I'm excited that like people aren't under that same heat. And we were in New York uh, and I remember 420, the first 420 after New York legalized being out there just smoking on the streets it took me back to the night of the draft um, or the night before it. We got to New York and were pulled over, profiled, uh, put out the SUV in search, and lo and behold, someone had cannabis in their pocket. And my entire future could have changed in that moment. And I didn't even have it on me. I, I never smoked anything in my life at that point. But just being associated with it, right, was one of the worst things about the plant period like just the worst thing about cannabis was being caught with it uh, that that same thing happened to another offensive lineman laramie tunsil who was outed uh, using cannabis in 2016 he could have been the first pick in the draft and i think he <laughs> fell to 13 it's just horrible i mean he was yeah. a bit closer he was very intimate with it, <laughs> yes, he it was, was in his lungs it was and and i felt so bad for him horrible. like i mean and and look optically the story they ran with that, and then you see him in the gas mask, like optically, like if you don't understand anything about cannabis, it looks crazy. Who cares if he smoked it out of a gas mask, an apple, a dirty bong? It doesn't matter. Um, you know, he was clearly, you know, doing something that, you know, any adult should be able to do without repercussion, period. Absolutely. And so, you know, just being you know, having a, a, a part in any legalization, um, I think is, is such an important task. It's legal for medical use here in the state of Maryland. And it's on the ballot now this November. However, I just went to a dispensary 
where not one employee in the shop knew that it was on the ballot. And so, like, I'm also, you know, chairing the campaign here in Maryland to legalize. Um, and, like, after that experience yesterday, I'm super fired up about this opportunity um, because, uh, you know, making people aware of this um, is so critical. Every vote counts, not just for cannabis, right? There's so many issues the state has that need attention, but if we can use cannabis as a, a catalyst to get them there and then also get them to vote on this, um, it's going to change a lot of people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing you and Leo Bridgewater on the show. He's uh, he's very outspoken, a great man, uh, veteran and uh, big, big advocate for cannabis. Uh, yeah, I think there's enough intricacy uh, about each respective population of people, whether it's athletes or veterans, that make the conversation, uh, you know, unique and fun. So mm-hmm. um, it's stuff we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. We're excited to share with people. But but moreover, we're excited to bring bring people into my space. Um, the studio's actually on my property here at my guest house. It's uh, what we call the Davin Cabin. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we're we're hoping to you know, have people, what I really want people to do is come to our space and help us in this mission on breaking the stigma of cannabis. Yeah. Well, I always say that, you know, it's important for veterans and athletes to speak out because they're reaching a segment of the population that's not going to listen to me. (laughs) You know, that part of doing being, doing business with Leo has been fun too, because we both understand the, the doors that each other opens. Um, yeah, um, and, sure. and we've done made a lot of headway in Jersey because of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to say you, uh, you know, you walked the walk and talked the talk. You took the risks, you know, while you were still an active player. Um, your cannabis advocacy is incredible. Your uh, second chapter after your athletic career is amazing. I mean, uh, from from what I see, uh, great family, great husband, great father. And I think cannabis hopefully plays a role in that. And man, and- to everything you said, cannabis has has essentially made me better in all of those areas. Right? It's it it heals my pain. It relaxes me. It 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 you know curbs the issues with my headaches. Um, I'm a more pleasurable human being, even to myself. Right? Like I'm not walking around in pain all the time. I just I feel, you know, different. Um, and so as a result, you know, I'm seeing fruits of sort of that relief all around my life. I'm connected with my family in ways I can only dream of given that much attention in my past life. So, um, you know, I want this for people, right? It's it's incredible. And I'm sure you guys are in the same boat for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you've been in it way deeper <laughs> and far longer than I have, man. So. Well, it's just amazing to see because you also see other athletes that get uh, bogged down in opiates and and alcohol and things and 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 they don't they don't live that second chapter of their life uh, better than the first and and it really it's a shame because uh, there's the substance out there that they can replace those things with um, that needs to be legal for sure and and thank you for fighting for it. Um, let people know also how they can uh, find out more information about. Uh, about the podcast, about, you know, you and what you're up to, uh, Heart Community Capital, uh, Green Thumb Industries, all of it. Yeah, so uh, 
Heart Community Capital is sort of the umbrella that, um, you know, my network and affairs are all, you know, intertwined with. Um, so if you follow us at HeartCan, um, we're building our social um, as we, you know, actually build out all of these businesses behind what we're doing, like our cultivation and manufacturing in New Jersey and, and our retail operation uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, you can also find me personally at Eugene Green Monroe, which is my name. Most people know me by Monroe. Uh, but my last name's actually Green Monroe, which now is more fitting than ever. Um, and, and yeah, you can follow my Instagram pages there. And again, if you follow that heart page, heart underscore can, uh, can two ends, we'll be, you know, integrating more of what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, these are exciting times. Uh, tons and tons of work ahead that, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm just really like, thankful I get to do, right? I'm, I'm thankful to, to be in a position, right? Like, again, that that one moment in New York could have changed everything, right? There's so many of those instances. Uh, I'm, I'm just, like, blessed enough to, to, you know, have made it through those instances, have, you know, to have made it out of playing field without, you know, getting in the drugs and, and really being able to be that voice for people, Um and so, yeah, like, uh, I'm excited. Uh, we'll, we'll, you'll hear a lot more from me, uh, very likely on our Smoking Heroes podcast, um, where I plan to also get my guests unbelievably high with products that I've grown and created myself. So I'm, I'm super pumped about that. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for all your, your, your work in cannabis and, and uh, advocacy and, and business uh, Appreciate you being here as a guest on Grow Bud Yourself. So thank you for sure. Oh, man. Have me on here anytime. Thanks a lot, man. Perfect. Thank you, Eugene. And we will be back after these messages with more Grow Bud Yourself. If you're ready to start your own home grow, you're going to need some seeds. Fortunately, our sponsor, Rocket Seeds, has you covered. You can find seeds for hundreds of high-quality cannabis varieties at rocketseeds.com, including many of our strains of the Fortnite. Rocket Seeds boasts an incredible inventory of quality-tested cannabis seeds. Whether you're looking for feminized, autoflowering, regular, CBD, or fast version seeds, Rocket Seeds has it all. Plus, Rocket Seeds ships internationally and discreetly and provides excellent customer service. And as a special promotion just for our listeners, you can use the code GBY10 to get 10% off your order at Rocket Seeds. So follow at Rocket Seeds on Instagram. Remember to tell them Danny sent you. And check out rocketseeds.com today and get growing. All right, welcome back. And uh, thanks to Eugene Monroe for that uh, wonderful interview and uh we are into the cultivation segment now so uh no strain to the fortnight this fortnight i will uh i will jump right in because uh it is now starting to get warmer and i think most of us are feeling it uh spring has sprung and pretty soon spring will be over and we will be in the uh the dog days of summer and it's going to be hot and one uh, so basically, my tip this week uh, is going to be ten 
tips to beat the heat. I'm going to do another 10 uh, next week, uh, but this is going to be the first 10. Uh, and the important part, obviously, it's not summer yet, but the good thing about this is you're not dealing with heat as it happens. You're prepared for it before it happens. A lot of growing you know, mistakes are, are because of reactions and not proactive action. So being ready for something before it happens uh, will definitely result in better and, and, and heavier harvests. So beating the heat isn't just a matter of, oh shit, it's, uh, it's 100 degrees for the next week, what do I do? It's a matter of, okay, it's gonna be 100 next week, I have everything I need and all of the uh, implements uh, ready to go to actually beat the heat in advance. So that's why I'm bringing this to you now. Uh, one thing about uh, marijuana plants, cannabis plants, is that they do not like high heat. Uh, they uh, up to 80 degrees, um, they're fine. You know, they don't like much more than that. Uh, with CO2 injection, you can go a little higher, 82, 83. But when you get up into the 90s, uh, growth really basically stops. And if you're in the hundreds, forget about it. I mean, now the, the plants could burn. Um, a lot of bad things could happen, transpiration. And basically, you just want to be prepared for this. So I want to basically break down 10 tips for you guys of beating the heat um, and keeping the heat from controlling you. So uh, the first tip is understanding CFM. Uh, CFM is cubic feet per minute uh, and basically refers to how much air a fan is going to remove from your room in 60 seconds at full strength. So uh, you measure the length of the room times the width of the room times the height of the room. Um, that determines your total volume of your space. Uh, and then you need an outtake fan that's capable of moving all of the air out of your room in three to five minutes or less. Um, now that's unless you have a completely enclosed environment and you're pumping in CO2. Uh, but for most people, you're just exchanging stale, warm air, pulling that out and exchanging it with fresh, cool air. And um, being able to do that every three to five minutes or less, if possible, is pretty good uh, for sure, especially if it's really hot. So on average, a 2,000 cubic foot room uh, should have a minimum of a 400 CFM fan pushing out that hot spent air. Um, and also keep in mind, any bends in your, in your tubing are going to slow that fan down and uh, the charcoal filtration is going to slow it down too. So uh, factor that in as well. All right, tip number two is about thermometers and hygrometers. Uh, these are absolutely essential. You have to keep track of temperature and humidity at all times. Uh, do your absolute best to keep daytime temperature, uh, you know, around 75 degrees tops. I mean, no higher than 75, really. Uh, and as close to about 50% uh, RH or relative humidity as possible. Um, the best ones of these are digital versions that will keep track of the highs and lows. Um, they will beep and indicate to you, even on your, your smartphone, uh, when the conditions are less than optimal for what you set it for. So uh, then you could take the proper measures to improve uh, to optimal levels, even when you're not there. I mean, we have the technology now uh, to actually do this from the beach in Costa Rica if you want. I mean, the technology is there that you can have your phone alert you when the temperatures are high and dim your lights or do whatever necessary uh, to deal with that heat. So... Uh, get yourself a good good digital thermometer and hygrometer, um, and particularly you could invest in one that actually uh, tells you all the information you need to know for when you're not there, uh, which is when most bad things happen anyway. Um, 
Third tip, uh, run your lights at night. This is simple, but not, not everybody does this. Um, set your timer so that your 12 hours of light during flowering happens during the nighttime. Um, that'll keep your room cooler. Uh, and in many places, you'll actually save on electricity because uh, um, you're not, you know, the grid is, is, is being used more during the day. So uh, running lights from like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, or 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., that's going to reduce your cooling energy costs and give you plenty of time to work in the grow room. Uh, you're just going to have to work in the grow room during that light you know, the, those times when uh, the lights are on. Tip number four is to use a remote ballast. Uh, so ballasts for HID lighting, uh, high intensity discharge lights like high pressure sodium and metal halide are gonna give off a bunch of heat because they're converting higher voltage electricity to a lower level. Um, so, you know, even digital ballasts can raise temperatures several degrees if they're in your room. So if you can keep your ballasts in a separate room uh, and basically remotely just run longer wires, uh, make sure those, you know, it's, everything is is up to, you know, specs electrically. But uh, if you can keep them in a different room, uh, that would definitely reduce heat. Uh, if they have to be in your growing space, hang them up high, uh, close to your outtake fans. And then that way that heat will be just getting pulled out rather than uh, uh, dropping down onto your plants. Uh, tip number five, air conditioning. Uh, whether you invest in a wall or a window unit, a standalone uh, portable or the more pricier now they have the split air conditioners. It's very important to purchase the right AC for your space. Remember that you're not just fighting to cool the air, uh, but also to counter the hot uh, BTU buildup that's created by the bulbs and the ballasts and all the electronics, basically pumps, CO2 generators. There's a lot of a lot of heat being generated, so uh, you know fight back with AC. Um, tip number six: air circulation. This is really important. Uh, heat can build up very quickly in dead spots of your room, um, and if fresh air isn't getting into those spots, um, they can be little incubators for all kinds of problems, pests, um, bugs uh, especially, but it, in particular um, diseases. So, um, you know, oscillating fans, you can't really have too many. I mean, it would be crazy. You can. I mean, you can over overdo it with these, but I would say um, several os oscillating fans on low in different areas will create enough wind to spread around that cool air um, and move the leaves around so they can get to the CO2 um, at their surface levels and, and, and incorporate that into their growth regimen. So um, ag agitating the air around the plants is actually really good for them, uh, makes them stronger and uh, allows them to grow quicker. So that's a good one. Circulation is important. Tip number seven, air-cooled lighting. Um, they, if you're not using LEDs and you're using HIDs, uh, there's a lot that come as air-cooled lighting, uh, where there's an intake and exhaust right inside the, the hood of the light that will pull that hot air right off the bulb. Um, just keep in mind that you need closed hoods at that point, and the lens will reduce the amount of light a bit. So uh, you can lower your lights a little bit um, because they're cooler as well. So air-cooled lighting is a good one. Tip number eight. Uh, this is similar. This is water-cooled lighting. I mean, these I haven't seen a lot of these uh, lately, but but for a while there was uh, a lot of lights out there that were using chilled water uh, to keep the bulbs cool. Not actually touching the bulbs, but a cool kind of tube around the bulb. Uh, these require a separate reservoir, uh, and, but it does take advantage of water's ability to conduct cold temperature very quickly and efficiently. So uh, water-cooled lighting is, is one of those things that... Uh, if you're really desperate, it can help uh, cool the room. 
Uh, number nine, the tip for to beat your heat is uh, reservoir chiller. Um, for hydro growers, um, you're going to learn pretty quickly uh, that the warm temperature in your room uh, can make your reservoir really hot. Uh, there's hot air, there's water pumps in that nutrient reservoir. And if the, if the temperature is over 80 degrees in that water, uh, that can lead to root rot, um, low oxygen levels um, that can harm and kill your plants, um, diseases and things. So keep your solution cool using a plug-in chiller. Uh, it's just a, uh, you plug it in, you stick it into the reservoir and it just keeps that uh, reservoir cool exactly where you want it. You can set the temperature um, to shut off when, when, when you're at the right temperature and that way you'll keep that, uh, that reservoir water cool. Uh, if you can't afford the reservoir chiller, tip number 10 is to just freeze a water bottle, big three liter, you know, several of those, um, two or three liter plastic bottle full of water, throw it in the freezer, drop that in your reservoir. Um, the temps will drop pretty slowly. Um, just keep in mind, they're going to creep up again, uh, once that ice has melted, but that can give you, um, a lot, a, a nice drop in temperature, uh, that you just need to repeat over and over. So, there you have it. Those are 10 tips to beat the heat. I'll be back next episode with 10 more and plus a bonus one. So we will see you next week with that. Yeah, I like the strategy there. Keep them coming back for more. So 10, <laughs> 10 tips from Dan now on the installment plan. You'll get 10 more next week and a bonus. Excellent stuff. And uh, yes, it is now time to take some questions from our listeners. And if you have a question you would like answered, uh, get in touch with us. You could email us. As always, that is info at growbudyourself.com. Let's jump right in here and kick things off with Joe. And Joe writes, uh, hey, Danny and Mike, uh, my question is about setting up a 20 by 15 foot room. There are two windows. One has a 10,000 BTU window unit. The other window is used to vent a 10,000 BTU portable AC. Uh, there is a vent in the ceiling, which I plan to put a 10-inch AC infinity fan for exhaust. The room is sealed pretty tight, and I will be adding CO2. There's currently no fresh air being brought in. I have a similar setup, only smaller already in use. I had several problems before putting a vent through the wall, so I guess my question is, what options do you suggest to get fresh air into the room? Thanks for your help. Uh, what would you say here to Joe? Yeah, so this is a different type of growing method than I usually describe. This is a sealed room, uh, entirely sealed up, uh, but you're adding CO2, and that is a form of fresh air. It's actually like comp you know, frozen compressed fresh air. It's it's uh, it's great that you're adding CO2 because otherwise, uh, the, in that room, the CO2 would would be gone very quickly. Now, if you're running the the AC, you're also pulling fresh air into the room through that because that that's air that's being cooled um and so you have that as well um through your window unit uh which is also pumping some of that heat out so i think um you know you, you i don't think you're gonna have any problems with fresh air as long as you're adding enough co2 um that you're basically replicating what fresh air would be so this is a sealed room type of system that um, I have less experience with this because I've always brought in fresh air and, and, and pulled out hot stale air, but I've never, uh, never dealt with like the whole sealed environment. Um, so it'd be interesting to hear from any of other of our listeners as well. Like, um, you know, what, what are methods that you get fresh air into a completely sealed room? 
um, outside of just what's coming in through the AC um, and, uh, and what you're adding through uh, the carbon dioxide uh, generation, either using generated generators or tanks uh, to produce that. So, um, yeah, Joe, I think you're going to be fine uh, in that sealed space. Uh, with the AC and the CO2, but uh, yeah, let us know if if any listeners have uh, have some advice for Joe as well. All right, yes, thank you, Joe. We appreciate the question. Let's move on to Andrew, Andrew P. And he writes, uh, he gets philosophical here. He writes, do plants grow upward regardless of lighting placement? For example, if the lighting was placed on the sides of the plant. Would it grow only outward, or would it still grow upward? Is gravity a determining factor for plant growth, or is it purely the light? Hmm. That is a good question. Um, Plants will grow in the direction of their lighting source. So if it's the sun, they'll grow towards the sun. If it's lights that you have around them, they'll grow towards the lights. Um, This is how those vertical growing units can increase yields uh, inside the same footprint. Um, So there's a vertical bulb in the center of a space, and the plants will be growing around it inwards towards that light. Um, So they're stacking different plant levels in the same space. Um, So gravity doesn't play a role in the direction that plants grow, um, except, you know, obviously the weight of gravity can pull a plant down uh, if it's growing towards a light, Uh, but it'll always curl back up towards that light. Um, So it's light that uh, plants grow towards, and gravity basically just plays a role in that um, if the plant is growing sideways, gravity can pull pull the plant down towards the ground, uh, but it can't uh, can't make a plant grow up uh, with lighting that's only on the sides. Most of most of these vertical units have light at the top and supplemental side lighting as well. So the the strongest light at the top is going to pull the plant upward, and then side branches will be pulled towards that side lighting. So um, yeah. Plants will grow only towards their light source, but with multiple light sources, they will grow in in multiple directions. Okay, we hope that was informative, Andrew. Uh, Let's go to Elliot, who writes, uh, Hey guys, this season I plan on growing some lemon skunk plants from seed in the backyard. I guess the real question is, how will I start my plants? I have no access to indoor grow lights, so can I just germinate and plant directly into the ground? Uh, what would you say to Elliot? Yeah, this is, you know, you can just plant directly into the ground, but there's definitely a lot of things you need to consider. Uh, you got to make sure to plant in an area that's going to get plenty of sunshine throughout the growing season. Uh, it's also a good idea to dig out a hole, uh, remove the existing dirt that's in that hole, and replace it with a lighter area. Uh, organic soilless mix uh, of some kind. Um, This is going to give the roots more air and water uh, and that packed together dirt that likely exists in your yard is going to probably not allow the roots much space to to maneuver uh, unless you're planting in an existing garden, uh, which in which case uh, you're better off just planting the seed and letting it grow. Um, One good idea to improve the health and vigor of young seedlings uh, is to use a cold frame or a mini greenhouse uh, early on in the life of that plant. So basically you plant the seed as soon as the plant pops out. Uh, direct sun has a way of killing that plant pretty quickly. Um, but if you cover it, you can even use you know any kind of uh, uh, clear plastic cup or something that will uh, let some of that light in. And also 
diffuse it a little bit so it's not just full-on direct sunlight because um, the harsh wind and, and direct sunlight can kill those young plants pretty quick. Um, and once, once the plant's a little bigger, uh, you can take that stuff off. Uh, but you know, you'll be able to plant sooner also if you use some type of a mini greenhouse or a cold frame, um, and then you'll end up with the bigger plants. You're going to need probably some kind of trellising as well. Uh, but as far as starting the plants directly in the ground, like I said, I would remove whatever, uh, dirt you have. If it's not like uh, something that plants love, like a garden soil, uh, and then replace that with some nice soil. Uh, I would plant directly into that soil and then I would uh, use some form of uh, cold frame, greenhouse, uh, shade light, shading uh, that lets light through uh, on those young plants until they're like big enough to hold their own against full sun. And in that case, you know, with full sun, you gotta water, 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 uh, and make sure the plants are getting tons of light and you will end up with some, some big plants outdoors. Uh, depending on where you live. So good luck, Elliot. Indeed. Thank you, Elliot. Uh, thank you to everybody who wrote in this week. That's going to do it for the Q&A section. Uh, but be sure to join us over on Patreon, where we're going to be discussing uh, getting rid of fungus and plant roots. Um, again, thanks to everybody who wrote in. If you have a question, write us. Uh, the email is info at growbudyourself.com. What do you say we take a little break, come back, and wrap this one up? Let's do it. All right, welcome back, and this is The Wrap. Just want to say thanks to all our Patreon supporters. Uh, you guys are awesome. We're up to somewhere in the 60s. Uh, you can go there and support us for just $4.20 a month at the lowest level and get access to all that free content and free stuff, too. All kinds of free stuff. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Thank you to uh, Eugene Monroe. Uh, great interview with him. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Rocket Seeds. Uh, remember, GBY10 is the code for 10% off all your seeds. Now is the time to get your seeds if you haven't gotten them already. Um, so please order them either through our link, uh, which is on our social media, or directly at rocketseeds.com and use that code for 10% off. Sweet Leaf Nutrients, the code there is Danko15 for 15% off. Uh, more uh, codes on Patreon that you unlock at different levels. Excelsior Extracts THC-infused pain relief rub. Check out uh, their Instagram. DM them for more info. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening, all the YouTube uh, views and everything. Uh, we truly appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, man, thank you, Mike. How you feeling? Oh, you know, hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, you guys, uh, we really appreciate it. Episode 94 uh, has been quite illmatic. Uh, so why don't we uh, call it a day and put her in the books? <laughs>